Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to Purple Pain Forums for allowing us to post our podcast there. So if you're looking for an online forum for passionate Vikings fans, feel free to check out purplepainforums.com. Kyle, we're... uh, Back here another Friday morning, beginning of a new month, the month of March. There's some significant events to come in March regarding the NFL offseason. Uh, but first, before we get into that, how are you doing? Well, Sam and I were just having this heated debate about the Toronto Maple Leafs, his favorite team, and Michael Bunting. And in 30 seconds, I don't think he should be considered for the Calder because he's 26 years old. He's gotten a few games in, in previous seasons, been the AHL forever, and he's riding shotgun with Marner and Matthews. So, yeah, he's playing well. Yeah, he's technically a rookie, but I think it's kind of cheating. Yeah, well, you know what? The thing is that I do have some significant backing here because you are talking on a Minnesota podcast, uh, and Kirill Kaprizov, who had pro experience and was 25 won the Calder, and so I uh, I think you may be outnumbered here. You ride shotgun with Matthews and Marner. Yeah, well, I, I don't okay, even know so, who I was playing with last year, so. Yeah, right. I didn't actually realize he was 25 years old last year. Yeah. I, I knew I knew he had professional experience, but I didn't realize. I thought he would have been 21 or 22. No, no. Yeah, it, interesting. I, I, I think it's fair. I, Michael Bunting, is like, for those who don't know, which you probably shouldn't, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, no harm if you don't. He basically, by like four criteria of what it means to be a rookie, he has allowed himself to stay in that in contention for that by like crazy amounts. Like, just just is on the edge of all requirements in terms of age, games played, seasons played, all the all of the yep. requirements they have for rookies. And so, for that yep. point, like he's in the criteria. He didn't make the rules. He's just playing in them. And so um, that's how you're doing. Is that how you wanted to start? Yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, and when we're not actually on this podcast, sometimes Sam and I do actually argue about sports in real life. So, and then we get a podcast. This is, this is the platform. This is the platform to do it. Well, this will be a Michael Bunting podcast. Sorry for the disappointed that we, we scammed by inviting in saying that this is going to be a Kirk Cousins podcast. Uh, That was a trick. Um, so let, let's, let's talk about the Vikings. Uh, we won't make anyone talk or listen to us talk about Michael Bunting any longer. How, I guess, I I just want to know for you, like a little bit of a temperature reading, how are you feeling about the Vikings, uh, as it stands right now? Uh, temperatures, maybe lukewarm just insofar as, um, you know, there is excitement. We can see paths forward. We can see some potential free agent fits. We can see all kinds of things. But at this point, it's all imaginary. It's all make-believe. Um, a few rumblings here and there, but we really don't know too much about where the team is going to go. Nor do we even really have uh, past precedent right? with either Quasi Adolfo Mensa or Kevin O'Connell as it relates to um, what they'll prioritize or, or overlook or et cetera. So really just feels kind of like a blank slate. And so we're kind of just waiting, right? We're kind of just waiting. We see other teams 
making some restructures or extensions or tacking on void years or doing different things, but um, not yet for us, but it, it's going to, it's coming here soon. Has to. Yeah. There's only so much time and remind listeners of some of the upcoming deadlines that maybe we're, sure. we're looking for in terms of dates and uh, what those dates coincide with in terms of off season moves. Yeah. So generally speaking, uh, keep in mind that the time of day when all this stuff occurs is 4 PM Eastern time league offices in New York. And so the league kind of operates around that, you know, New York office, 4 PM their time. So for Minnesota purposes, obviously that's 3 PM, uh, hour behind. So, uh, on the 8th of March is the end of the franchise tag period. And that's significant just insofar as it will maybe limit who is available for the Vikings to consider once free agency rolls around. Uh, and then maybe more significantly is, is March 14th, 4 PM. The NFL can officially start flirting with free agents, maybe signing them. You know, there's always deals that are agreed to at like 4.02 PM. So it's just, you know, insanely obvious that the period for some teams at least starts a little bit before that 4 PM because uh, it doesn't seem possible to iron out those deals in two minutes. But in any case, 4 p.m. is the official time on March 14th. And then uh, the 16th is when you can actually put uh, pen to paper, put it in ink, make it official 100%, and, uh, you know, kind of go from there. So as Jerry Jones would say, I believe deadlines make deals. And so, you know, the Vikings have to be cap compliant by the 16th at the absolute latest at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And so at the very least, they got to trim about $16 million off of their books. And actually, in reality, far more than that, because they're going to want to sign certain players. And so stuff's going to happen here in the coming days, simply because it has to. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks for updating me. I, I made the excuse that listeners need to know those dates, but they probably all do because they're smart people. But I yep. didn't. So thanks for yep. uh, thanks for helping me out. Um, so with with the lack then really of moves at this point, uh, we are kind of forced to look a little bit extrapolate uh and last week we talked about maybe potential free agency moves uh and as we were discussing what to talk about this week i jokingly threw out kirk cousins uh because it feels like that's all people want to talk about but yeah i think to be fair we haven't really this offseason spent that much time really specifically talking about him uh and i think that there certainly has been a little bit of development for what it looks like for him to stay with the Vikings in terms of some press conferences that had this week. So for those who haven't listened uh, or maybe you're curious about your thoughts, what's come out this week that you feel like has been significant from those, from those interviews? Well, I will say, so everyone talks about Kirk Cousins, obviously as Sam just mentioned, but I'd feel reasonably confident that if all the Vikings podcasts out there, not too many of them started their Kirk Cousins segment with a debate about uh, bunting, being a Calder candidate so in that sense we at least have that going for us yeah we're a one and that could either we're, a, we're 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 a unicorn in that sense depending on your perspective that's either a feature or a bug I don't know if it's positive or negative the listener can decide for him or herself now as it relates to Mr. Kirk Cousins uh Quasi Dofa Mensa uh got asked about this obviously so he both he so Quasi and O'Connell uh both spoke about well, all kinds of things at the combine. They're both interviewed by the press conference. They had a press conference and interviewed by reporters. And uh, Kwesi had a fair bit to say about Cousins, which is actually really good. And one of the things that I thought was, you know, at least interesting, not that we 
didn't know this wasn't happening to a certain extent, but it, it is always interesting kind of have that firm confirmation um, that he has met with Cousins' agent and they have discussed uh, potential paths forward and what that might look like. And so this is uh, the Vikings GM talking. He says, quote, we had dinner together, but we just talked generally about our vision for the team and what we want to accomplish. Those conversations are ongoing and I can't tell you anything at this moment, but we will communicate and we will do whatever is best for the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk will do what's best for Kirk. But I think there's a lot of middle ground for us to work well together. So that's interesting for a number of reasons. It seems that he's always been, Quasi, that is, it seems that he's always been complimentary of Kirk and saying, yeah, we want him back. He's actually a great quarterback. Um, he doesn't get enough credit for, you know, being available. He's remarkably consistent. He's very, very accurate. But then he always kind of seen, we're going to do what's best for the team. and sure the team is healthy this year and beyond. And so it's interesting that you kind of have these two sides of Kirk doing what's best for Kirk and the Vikings doing what's best for the Vikings uh, and then trying to find that middle ground. And, uh, you know, obviously the preeminent example is Tom Brady, right? The best, best ever play. He, part of the reason why he was the best is because he married those two things, you know, so Brady and his side and the team side, and they found that middle ground where Brady could still be well compensated, but still kind of play within, uh, still allow uh, kind of the budget to bring in other players and kind of play ball when it comes to negotiations. So it's interesting. Uh, I like the fact that he's just flat out saying, Grace is just flat out saying, you know, we're doing what's best for the Vikings, right? Like we're, we're, we're taking this team perspective and, and we do believe that there is middle ground to work together. Um, but he just seems like it's a very reasonable perspective to have. I, I would say. For sure. For sure. Like you, again, you don't want to be married to a player and like they, like the fact that you get to do what's best for, for the Vikings. And, and that's really what yep. he's communicating there. And I, I, the, um, you, you mentioned the Brady example and it it's obviously it's ideal to compare to these what we look back on now is uh, very perfect or uh, ideal circumstances and I think it is fair to say that uh, if Cousins was willing to take an under market value cap hit or or contract for the next few seasons that the temperature around him would certainly change the views yes. around him would certainly change uh, yes it seems based on what has been said out there that that doesn't seem to be uh, a high likely there's not a high likelihood of that situation playing out right exactly I mean everything we've seen in his history suggests that he's willing to play hardball to get the money that he believes he deserves right and that goes back to his Washington days but then as Sam was just saying and I'm sure he had Shakespeare in mind when he was saying these things was, you know, heavy as the head that wears the crown. So if you want to wear that crown, you want that huge contract. Well, then that comes with huge expectations. And then when you fall short of those things, I mean, how many critics would Cousins have if he was making 20 million a year? And now I get that's way below market value, but it kind of illustrates the point where it's like the play that he gives us at 20 million years, sensational, right? Like that, that would just be just phenomenal return on an on investment that'd be phenomenal value he is definitely underpaid according to you know league standard for uh, someone of his caliber quarterback 45 he's obviously way overpaid for someone who is essentially accomplished nothing 
right? Apart from, apart from individual statistics, uh, accomplished very, very little in his career in the NFL, mostly average seasons, one playoff win, hasn't done a ton, right? So it's interesting in a lot of ways. And you're, and you're right to say that, like, you know what, there is no one person who is more important than the team itself, right? And so what is uh, the best thing for the team? You know, and again, an earlier Quasi uh, was saying, so this is where he talks about the importance of the quarterback. And this is a quote. He says, I mean, look, ultimately to win at the highest level, it's pretty hard to do it without good quarterback play. So globally, that question needs to be answered. That doesn't need to be answered this year versus the next five years and things like that. Question mark. It's trying to be smart about how you try to answer that question generally to sustain success in the NFL. So again, it's, you like that kind of balanced perspective insofar as we're not all in necessarily in 2022 in a way that's going to sink us in 2023, 24, 25. Uh, he's looking for long, long-term success. So even if there is an extension and one that lowers his cap hit, then uh, I suspect based on what he's saying that they're not going to get himself, get themselves into deal, a deal that uh, really puts them in a tough spot moving forward. So it's, it's an ambitious task uh, with Spielman uh, cousins always seem to uh, get these really kind of top-notch deals, fully guaranteed money, right? Huge money. And uh, we'll see if things are different with Cam. I, I, I don't know. Again, that, that's part of why it's a little bit lukewarm right now. We don't really know um, what that looks like, but it seems to me that he's saying the right things and his approach is good and that he's definitely team first, but willing to play ball and willing to find a middle ground that hopefully will allow for short and long-term stability and ideally some success falling from the stability and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I have a question for you regarding this, but I, first, I guess I want to tee you up for uh, any additional words that were said uh, maybe even from, from O'Connell here and what, what he had to say this week before I, uh, I turn to you for a little bit of a prediction. Sure. Yeah. So with Kevin O'Connell, um, you know, some of the quotes that have been highlighted uh, more so relate to the, you know, the coaching staff and the offense more generally. And then the one that the Vikings.com article really hi- highlighted, which is kind of interesting, is uh, trying to create the quote unquote illusion of complexity. So I think that's really, you know, and we've talked about that, I think, where it's just so important to make things simple for your own guys while also making it complicated for the other guys. If it is simple to understand and process and execute for one's own team, but then hard to decipher for the other team, then now all of a sudden your team looks a little bit faster, right? And uh, so the less thinking you have to do, the better. And he did note that where the Rams were mostly 11 personnel, which is to say one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, uh, he's hoping to be a little more multiple. And he believes that the personnel uh, allows for that. And so he mentioned CJ Ham specifically, and he, and he referenced the tight ends. And so perhaps that means CJ Ham is, is back. I, I have him as one of the main cut candidates just because he's making a reasonably large salary for a fullback in the league that doesn't really value fullbacks like it used to. But uh, we'll see. You know, so, so maybe, it's, um, maybe it's not as much 11 as we maybe initially anticipated, but certainly probably more than in the past. And then from there, it's going to be 21 and 12 and – and we'll just see. So O'Connell's really kind of talking about how he wants to 
build this offense and mold this offense and fit it around all these weapons. And so to me, that's really exciting just insofar as we've come off of about a decade straight first was Leslie Frazier. And then I went to Mike Zimmer. We came off about a decade straight of defense first coach. Uh, and now we're making that transition to an offense first coach. And uh, it's exciting to hear him talk about all the different kind of ideas and ways that he wants to use this offense and build this offense and use the players. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm really interested to see, especially if you have a very similar roster to what you had last year, at least on the offense. I think we know the defense is likely going to change, but it seems like for the most part at this point, the offense feels like it may remain intact for the most part. Like what did, what that looks like um, under O'Connell versus, versus Zimmer. Right. Yeah. It's the Vikings are certainly hoping that a change in scheme and approach and philosophy and coaching will get more of the current talent. They're definitely hoping for that to be the case because they just don't have the most money in the NFL right now. Uh, So that's definitely true. I wouldn't be shocked if you saw maybe two or three new starters on offense, but then for defense, it wouldn't be shocking if that number was double, if it was four or five, six, maybe, I mean, that would be a lot, but um, it certainly needs more work. So it seems like that their greater transition will be on defense. For sure. For sure. Um, So I've I've got two final questions for you uh, on this. Uh, And I guess, let me ask this first. Um, there is a certain quarterback on another team in this division that there is some uncertainty around. Uh, mm-hmm. If Rodgers is moved out of the division, does that change how you see the Vikings dealing with Kirk Cousins? In the sense of just yeah. like, like a feeling like at least on from perspective that would significantly weaken uh, the path towards yeah. winning mm-hmm. the division. Yeah, in a sense, maybe, but I, I hope that it doesn't uh, doesn't play too prominently into you know the calculus, the overall kind of formula, whatever it is, to building this roster. Because um, again, yeah, I mean, the most immediate context uh, for playoff success or getting to the playoffs, at least, and having regular season success is the division. You win your division, you're in, you get a home game at the very least, just one or maybe more. Um, so in that sense, it feels significant insofar as the Lions are transitioning, the Bears are transitioning, and then the Packers, though they still have talent, will definitely be taking a step back in terms of the quarterback play. Um, but I don't see it figuring in in like the, it shouldn't be uh, certainly the main thing or even among the main things, just in that the NFL changes so quickly. So uh, that would be a very short-term perspective. And that would seem to kind of contradict some of the more long-term and intermediate-term priorities that Quasi has talked about. Yeah, I think that's wise. And and for, for all those who are asking for my prediction, I think he stays. Um, anyways. Rogers, that is? Yeah, I think I don't think he goes. Yeah, I, it, yeah I think so. I think so, too. Yep. It feels like the guy just loves to have a circus around him and um, yep. him and Brady kind of, I feel like have gone back and forth, just hoping to be the spotlight of, uh, of the NFL offseason. Um, so all that being said, what do you, if you had to, like, we look back October 1st, what do you think is the most likely situation 
that has happened for the Vikings and Kirk Cousins? Is it a trade? Is it an extension? If it's an extension, how much? Uh, right. I feel like there's very little, although it's still possible for them to not do anything and let him play on the cap that he has. But um, yeah, like you kind of have to put money down. What what do you see the most likely option being? Um, yeah, for the Vikings this offseason. Right. So by October first, we're a few weeks into the season. The Vikings, are, of course, are undefeated by this point. Uh, Cousins, my best guess is that there's an extension. And my hope would be, though, that with that extension, not only do you get some cap relief for 2022, which is obviously important, but that moving forward, it gives you more flexibility for what to do with Cousins in that you don't have this, like, $45 million albatross that's fully guaranteed and you can't like if you cut them there's nothing you still pay that 45 million right so what I would look to see in this next deal is more flexibility for the team itself and the hope being that crazy can negotiate these things and put in these things uh, so that it's much easier to cut or trade or whatever the case may be and this is maybe where Cousins in the past, yeah, I know he's always, you know, he's always uh, really advocated for himself and try to get the most money, but he's also in the past talked about his own legacy and finally getting over the hump and finding more success in the playoffs and finishing his career in Minnesota and all of these things. So uh, all these things are, it's going to be very hard for them all to coexist, right? And so something has to give. So we'll see. And, and my hope is that the new general manager is, is able to make it work. Uh, so by October 1st, I think you'll see one, an undefeated Vikings, hopefully, and two, uh, Cousins with a couple more years tacked onto his deal and uh, ones that give the team a touch more flexibility moving forward. Yeah, so so fair to say like a two-year extension, so this year and yep. two more after that? Put me down for, here's my official guess then, put me down for um, uh, a two-year extension 10 million in cap relief in 2022. I think over the cap suggests that we can create up to 27 million in cap room, but I don't think they're going to go to the most extreme option. No. So let's say they make 10 million this year. And then uh, for those final two years, expect it to have significant dates that lock in uh, the guaranteed money. So basically allowing the Vikings to say, you know, we need to make a decision on cousins by March X or Y. Otherwise, this guaranteed money hits. And so then the team has at least the option to move on if they need to. Yeah, sounds like a plan. You, you, you got a guess for the contract? I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, like, I, I do feel like a, it feels like a two-year extension is, makes sense. Yeah. And I think for sure if you can lower that cap hit this year and you're okay with spending a little bit more next year um, as yeah. – the cap rises um but yeah i don't know i i uh i'm i'm kind of at the point where i'm almost bored in the sense that i'd love to just see something big happen uh not that that's like yeah. ideal for the team um and i don't think exactly. that, i i don't yeah. think that trading cousins makes i i don't think you're gonna get a better or quarterback in next year if you trade for Kirk cousins um but then the question is, do you get a better roster because of the freed up 
money um and that's the that's only, always the question but the only like hail mary tiny itty bitty chance would be you know bringing in someone like russell wilson or someone like that you know like one of the one of those players who has been rumored to i mean we're not getting rogers that that ship a sale. There's no way the Packers send Rodgers to the Vikings. Uh, there's a tiny itty bitty chance that they could potentially snag Wilson if if the rumors are true and the Seahawks were interested in moving on. Um, that would be a clear upgrade. But short of that happening, Sam's absolutely right. There's just there's no upgrade really. That would be a lot of fun. Can you imagine? <laughs> Dear. That would be a lot of fun. I, I yeah. would I would certainly be a, a fan of that move. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Good. Well, we can wrap up there. Um, I think we'll tee up for next week. I think that was the plan. Eh? Next week, a little bit more of an extended wild talk and trade deadlines yep. coming up. Uh, yep. This team is an interesting spot. They really, if you look back, uh, they're two and six over the last eight. And that's simply not good enough. And you look at the teams that they're uh they're playing, they're losing to, you know, I, I know they came off the Canadian uh, swing and, and were there uh, playing in Canada for a little while, but um, and there's some serious questions about goaltending at this point. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that it'd be interesting to see what the, what the strategy is at the deadline with just the way that they're set up as a team right now. Um, they have the ability certainly to go for it in terms of adding some significant dollars at this, this deadline. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll definitely, we'll talk about it a little bit more next week. Kyle's going to give me a few names. We'll, uh, I'll say yay or nay to if that makes sense for the wild. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. So we'll, we'll wrap up there. Any parting words uh, from, from you, Kyle? Appreciate all the listens whoever you are out there. We appreciate you and uh, take care of yourselves. Absolutely. Take care, everyone. Have a good week. We'll be back shortly next Monday. Talking more Vikings. A little wild. See you then.